I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings. That's pretty good. This is the gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. Shout out to our sponsors, Major Team Mortgage, Omaha Lasered Industry, exclusively iCare, and Liberty Core Real Estate. We appreciate their support. Now let's get back to the gloom. And we're back. Uh, man, this is a good looking guy we got here. Uh, and also a, a really tough guy, uh, I think, when I see him out there in the gloom. I'm also um, just always encouraged by uh, by his vulnerability and willing to go go deep. I've had some great conversations with him about uh, marriage and parenting and um, just really appreciate his, his insight and wisdom. So we got uh, Rowdy on the call today. Uh, it's good to see you, man. And um, if you would just start us off from the beginning, sort of who EH'd you, what was the first workout like, and then how'd you get the name, yeah. Rowdy? Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I want to say, to start with, um, uh, Yogi is, is my brother, and uh, he was EH'ing me, like, oh, hey, you should come to this early morning workout thing, and I was like, not a morning guy, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, Escobar, a couple of other Miller South guys, you know, started showing up, started getting, you know, get me de-aged and and uh so I, I went to the first uh millard south or the main stage pop-up is what it was it was my first workout and um good group it was fun uh it was also you know nice outside so that helped and i think it was like july and uh so from there uh, it was a good workout it was tough you know a lot of uh i think we did bear crawls up uh one of those hills behind the football field which at the time was like, well, that really sucked. Um, but it was, uh, it was a good workout. And, uh, I, when I was in the name of Rama, you know, I was talking about kind of how I had gotten here and I, you know, I fought in the UFC and, and I want to say that it was, it was getting down to either, uh, Ronda for Ronda Rousey or Rowdy for Rowdy Ronda Rousey. And, uh, a couple of guys, like, yeah, Ronda, yeah, let's go Ronda. And I was like, I'm never coming back. I don't think I'm about, I can't do it. And uh, ended up with Rowdy, so that worked out really good. Uh, you know, better, I should say. And so, uh, yeah, that's how I got Rowdy. You actually you actually fought in the UFC? Yep. <laughs> Twice. What, can you tell us a little bit about that real quick before we get too deep into F3? Because I am, I am curious about that. Sure, yeah. Um, in 2006 kind of before uh, mainstream, like, you know, media and even athletic commissions and stuff like that. Uh, my brother, Jake, uh, who is, uh, what, what is he like? I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Heel Hook is what he got named. He's an F, you know, also an F3 now. Well, he, he lives in Vegas now. But anyway, uh, we signed up for, well, he, he signed up for a fight in Omaha in 2006 um, and so he called me, Hey, you should come back to the fight, uh, you know, watch. Cool. So I'm driving back to Omaha on like a Friday. He's like, Hey, are you, you're coming right to the fight. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, you, you, you're fighting, right? And he goes, good. I signed you up too. And I was like, you signed me up for a fist fight. He's like, yep, they're going to pay us. It's, it, it, you know, you'll be able to wrestle the guy. No big deal. Right. <laughs> and I was like, it, it, it took some talking to, into me. I was like, uh, all right. So uh, I show up, and this is back, again, no athletic commissions. It's just they kind of pair you up by what you look like. They don't even weigh us in, you know. And uh, I ended up getting paired up with a guy who was like a four-time wrestling state champ. So I'm like, cool. Now I have to, you know, I'm going to get you know, a guy that can actually wrestle. So this is going to be a lot harder. Um, and so, you know, the bell rings. You just go out there and start swinging and hitting and, you know, kneeing. I end up knocking him out in like 30 seconds. And like, I think they, we were <laughs> walking out and they just gave me cash, cash out of the register. Um, and it was like, I think I got like 600 bucks and I was like, 
that was cool. I'll, I'll do that every weekend. Like, is that a thing? And so, again, 2006, you know, <laughs> fast forward, it, it, it got a little more legitimate. Um, and we started training and competing uh, on a bigger scale. And then uh, in 2010, let me think. Yeah, it was about, actually it was, yeah, I think it, it was like 2009. I, I kind of went, I was 10-0 and 0, um, on the regional scene. I got picked up by the UFC. Um, but I actually got diagnosed with like a rare bone marrow disease right before that. And so I had to turn down the offer because, uh, you know, medically I wasn't going to get cleared to fight. And so that was like a super bummer. Um, and then kind of through a whole bunch of other adversity, which could take a lot longer than mm. we have to talk about. <laughs> um, I was able to kind of get back into training and competing. And my doctor was like, you know, I wouldn't really recommend fist fighting anybody anyway. So like, if you really want to do this, you can. Um, and then I fought a couple more times on the regional scene and I got signed to the UFC in 2014. Um, maybe it was 2013, 14. And then I fought twice. And then uh, I won the first one. The second one I lost, but I detached my right retina. And so that kind of like sidelined me for, oh. from then to right now. <laughs> well, well, thanks for yeah. sharing. That is so epic. <laughs> and uh, now I see why Plague says you're the probably the toughest guy he knows. <laughs> toughest guy he knows. Yeah. Man. Well, we, yeah, yeah. we can get back to the uh, three part. I did just want to kind of get a little bit there and, and, and get to know you a little bit more in that story. I guess, you know, before you, you had that first workout, that first beat down, where were you at? Um, what what kind of convinced you to show up or what were you working out? Was it a group of guys that brought you out? Kind of give us a background there. Yeah. So, and funny enough, like physically, obviously being a professional athlete or, you know, a retired professional athlete, um, I was kind of in a position where um, I had let, I would consider letting myself go, right. I had not really been working out, um, you know, just not really eating right and, and not doing a lot of the things that, you know, would be consistent with somebody waking up early and then working out early. Um, and so that was kind of, I think the big fight, cause those guys started EH me probably in the springtime. And, um, I was just like, I don't know. I, I, you know what I kept saying? I got to get into shape before I like come work out with a bunch of guys. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to look like a fool. It was, was my thought. And then, you know, three months later, I had not started working out. So it didn't really matter. And they're like, dude, just show up. You know, we got guys of all ages, sizes, athletic development, like it, not a big deal. Right. And so that was probably the reason why I really did give it a try that. And <laughs> you know, Yogi, bless his heart. He had to come pick me up probably the first 30 times I went to the workout. Like I made him come pick me up to take me wherever we were going. Cause again, I, I wasn't super plugged in. So I didn't know where all the sites were. I barely knew anybody's name, let alone their, you know, government name. I didn't know anyone's F3 name. I, you know, um, but like Escobar and, and OT and, uh, you know, basically all those guys that kind of, uh, got me into it and got me started. Um, you know, and then Griswold and, some of the guys that just you, you knew from high school that you reconnect with and, and just have a great relationship with. Um, and that just kind of kept me coming. And, you know, the fitness part, I think, as everybody probably says, took a backseat to the fellowship part um, just because getting together and seeing these guys in the mornings is, is really what, you know, keeps me coming. Man, I, I love hearing that too. And I, I think the other important piece, you were a wrestler, right? Did you, you wrestled in high school and college or just high school? Or? Yep. Yep. So I wrestled at Where'd you go South to college at? I went to college at University of Nebraska Kearney. So we were Division Two. And then uh, I want to say, yeah, my senior year. So I was a couple time All American. Um, probably should have won the Nationals, but really I think I should have won it both years. But I got third both years. Um, and then my senior year, we ended up winning the first uh, NCAA title for the school in anything ever. Um, that was pretty cool in two thousand eight. And so that, that, you know, that kind of fueled that competitive fire as well, which kept me in the fist fights and stuff like that. Nice. And so I, because I think, um, like you've, you're used to being, a you know, working out, doing difficult things. Right. And, and so like the F3 beat down for you, I mean, was it 
challenging? Did it compare to some of the workouts you had done maybe in wrestling or as you were training for, for fighting or how did it compare to some of your other fitness stuff? I would say the, the big comparison would be like that early morning and then kind of getting out of bed, getting going, but also the, you know, the competitive part is you have so many guys that are, you know, great athletes, you know, super good runners. Like I was never a runner. Um, even when it was like, I would run for, I always tell people, I just run for a purpose. Like am I cutting weight? Am I, you know, getting my uh, cardiovascular, you know, my anaerobic threshold higher. Like I'm not, I'm not running to like run for fun. It was always purpose driven. (laughs) And so like, I look at these guys, I'm like, you guys are just running for fun. Like that's crazy. (laughs) And so the workouts were, were good, but I mean, the, the beauty of it is, is you just kind of you know, make it you versus you and, and you have all the guys around you that are, that are pushing you. And because again, there's some days like in, in life that you're, you're not feeling it, but you just got to get there and you got to get the work done. And then there's some days where you feel great and you you can go harder, but you know, we just have such a great mix of guys that are encouraging, but also will push you. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a good thing. Well, well tell us about, I mean, your buy-in at what point are you you saying okay this is for me um i mean did you immediately come back or was there some time in between or or what was that path like so i remember uh after that first wednesday workout uh, i was fairly sore right and so then i came a few wednesdays in a row probably you know two or three Cause it was like two pop-ups and then the, the launch of the site. Right. And so I was at those three and then the following Monday, Yogi talked me into going down to Titan Alley for uh, a Murph. Uh, so that was my first Murph, which was also very difficult. <laughs> um, and so, and kind of after that, I think it was more too, you got to know some guys, um, you know, the workouts weren't like, excruciating and it was and it was good it was a good time you know and and really that coffee afterwards is what again keeps some people coming back me you know too it's like you know it's it's always there and so that was really when the traction started and then I think it was kind of a couple days a week was pretty you know I could get pretty consistent with that and then uh you know once it got cold out and wrestling season started because I coach wrestling at Miller South you know, it, it would wean down to maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, and then kind of once wrestling season ended about February, March, you know, getting back out um, is more of a priority. And, and I've got time, you know, more time to do it. And so that was more like you can get out three, four days. And um, and again, you, you kind of meet, you know, meet guys that, you know, site queues at different places. And then all of a sudden you start, you know, queuing everywhere. And then just, you know, un- <laughs> snowballs from there yeah no totally it is funny to see people's growth right um and to like how excited they are um getting their first cue right and then it's interesting that you're kind of comparing this like level of activity to your time um in wrestling right i mean i know winter is kind of a beast for some guys and some guys will intentionally not post during that period of time but I mean, that's kind of the time where the wrestlers go, right? I mean, that's your that's your season, and so I, I guess I am interested. I mean, do you do you enjoy like this winter piece, or are you? And I may have not miss, or I may have misheard you. Is this like a time where you're you're trying to rest and not wanting to be outside and do do all that? No, it's definitely uh, it's one of those things where you know it's a little more adversity. So it's kind of like you know I know it's going to be harder. So you you want to kind of you know, run at it a little bit, but on the flip side, um, because I, I do coach high school wrestling as an assistant, um, my time is a little bit more spread out. You know, I don't necessarily, you know, when we have tournaments or, or duels on, you know, nights and weekends, it makes it a lot tougher to jump back in and, and get up on a Monday, right. Or, or whatever. Um, and so that's probably part of not being able, not really posting as much, but trying to get out there as much as, as possible. Um, you know, and I think the good thing is there's a lot of other kind of wrestlers in the group, you know, and, and even coaches and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's always good. It's always fun to jump out there. And I mean, I remember seeing uh, Fun Dip and Double Dip were posting like 
the Friday morning, like the state tournament for wrestling started on a Thursday. And they like queued to work at the Brickyard on a Friday. Oh, why didn't I see you this morning? I was like, we, we have an entire day, <laughs> Friday, of, of coaching wrestling and then wake up early again Saturday. I'm like, man, you guys are just built different. But they're definitely encouraging dudes, though, motivating. <laughs> well, good. Where, where do you coach at? Because I also know that uh, Roll Bar. Uh, I'm sorry, Armbar is coaching at Westside, obviously, right? Yeah, Westside. So where are you coaching at? And it sounds like Fun Dip is coaching as well. It's kind of kind of cool to have some other guys in the group. Yeah, so the Dip brothers coach at Papillion La Vista. They're monarchs. Um, and then I coach at Miller South. So, As you came into the group then, and you've got all these different elements, right? So you've got you've – got, uh, your brother, right. That's pulled you into the group. You've got some high school buddies maybe that you're, you know, reconnecting with. And then even got some guys you may know from like the wrestling scene. And, you know, so just curious, mm-hmm. you mentioned that the Yogi drove you around for the first uh, couple beatdowns, but how did you go about building some of your own sort of relationships or maybe rekindling some of those old high school relationships? Well, I think it's one of those things where you, when you get out there and, and, I mean, I'm an outgoing guy kind of by nature. And so it's like you you get out there in the gloom and, you know, you, you partner up with random, you know, other guy that's out there to just get a workout in and then you start talking and, and you really just kind of, uh, you know, build up and just feed into each other's, you know, even motivation a little bit in the mornings, but also just, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, ha- everyone's got kind of a, you know, level that you can, you can level with as far as, you know, marriage and kids and jobs and all the mundane stuff. Um, but really it's like when you start talking about it, you you really find, you know, other pieces you're passionate about. And then people, you know, again, like, you know, the dip brothers, uh, I I talk to those guys, like every time I'm down in Sarpy, because I, you know, we just, we have so much more in common, you know, than you, than you thought, um, you know, with the wrestling stuff, but, and even armbar, like, you know, there's times where I'll drive over to the, you know, woodshed to get a, you know, beat down in with, you know, if, if I know he's going to be there. And same thing, I feel like those guys will drive around when, when you know, if I'm queuing somewhere or if they're queuing somewhere. And so building those relationships is, is, is fun and it's important, you know. And I think as, as all the research is showing with something like F3, um, you know, you have all these, these men that, you know, get to, you know, 30s 40s 50 years old and and you kind of hyper focus on family and kids and job and you really lose that uh male community um and and really i think f3 does a really good job of finding that time when your wife your kids your job don't need you you know 5 (laughs) a.m and then also just conquering things that maybe you you didn't think where you do or you you know weren't planning on doing so Heck yeah, man. I totally agree. And I think, uh, at least for me, that 5am time is hopefully when everybody's sleeping, although with the, with the younger kids, sometimes they're not. And I hear about it when I get home, but, um, you know, curious for you because the other sort of part of second half, right. We think about just like the relationships, uh, in, in our lives and just curious if, you know, you've noticed any impact, um, that F3 has maybe had on your relationship with maybe it's your, your M or maybe it's your 2.0s or, uh, anything that you've seen in, in that space over the, the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think it's, it's had a positive impact because, you know, we, not only do we have like kind of a, a time to maybe vent or, or, you know, the, you know, a workout is a good way to kind of get, you know, steam off, you know, blow some steam out of you. Um, and it's also a good place just to, you know, have some, some conversations, maybe more intimate conversations with, with maybe men that are in your life, but they're not, you know, super connected to your, you know, family or, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to talk about, you know, your, your wife or, or maybe a problem you're having with your wife to your wife's dad, you know, or, you know, your brother-in-law, right? You, <laughs> And, and so it's almost better to have an outlet where you can't, and again, most everybody's going through something or, you know, a similar instance. So it's, it's one of those pieces where it's nice to have another guy that, that not only kind of feels it or knows it or has a similar, 
you know, experience, but it's also nice just to have somebody that is a, a judgment free, you know, speak your mind, have an intimate conversation, but also feel, feel good about trusting, you know, how, you know, how the information is not just going to be like, you know, spread around or something. Cause you know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially in our, in our lives, when you, you know, when you have a short term piece, that's like, Oh man, you know, something really made me mad today and you just get it off your chest. And then three days later, you're like, well, I was kind of making a big deal out of nothing, (laughs) you know? And so it's just nice to be able to kind of vent, but also, you know, not, not feel like you're going to get, you know, repercussions on it. That's that's definitely key. And so I want to also ask you, you know, there's this, uh, well, I think I can call it a famous photo of, of you in a hot tub with a few other guys uh, <laughs> and really kind of want, want to get your thoughts on like the, the shield lock and um, maybe sort of what's been your experience with that. Has it been helpful? Has it been something that, that uh, you feel like um, other guys should be uh, kind of looking for or trying to, trying to figure out how they fit that into their life? No, I think the shield lock is like super key. Um, to, to not only, you know, acceleration and, and accountability, right, when it comes to going places or, you know, posting, but but more just the, the you know, the fun part of everything and being able to get together and, um, you know, like with said hot tub picture. Um, and actually, I laugh because someone was like, let's get in the hot tub. And I was like, yeah, it deflated and it's gone now. It's in the trash because <laughs> there were nine, you know, adult males in the two-person hot tub but um, anyway (laughs) I think it's just such a crucial you know piece to the puzzle because you know I mean you can see my phone's been going off you know five times since this thing started and it's it's you know I got a couple different shield lock chats if you will where you know stuff's dinging in it's Friday guys are talking they're worried about who's going to Oscars and you know just it's it's good stuff but it also kind of keeps you know keeps the communication open and and i laugh because like kickstand and uh griswold for example um you know when i started this new job i i didn't post for probably like three weeks just you know had early meetings and just you know wanting to be here and and available for my new job and uh i think uh there's a where tf is rowdy in the text and so that got hit quite a few times, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and then I don't want to say that's, the one time I did post, awesome. I think Kickstand, Kickstand actually, uh, you know, slept in, so I had to jump back. Where the, where the F is Kickstand, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, and if guys aren't in, you know, a shield lock, I would just say find those two or three guys that are, you know, real close, you know, you're close with, and just start a, you know, start a group chat and just you know, find time to get together outside the gloom, you know, like a couple of the guys that I, you know, EH, uh, you know, Muffs is a good example. You know, he's, he went from, you know, what, what are you doing in the morning? Why so? Why do I see this thing on Twitter where everyone's like naming names and stuff all the way to now he's like a site queue, you know, for Coronado. So it's like cool to see that 12 gauge is another good example. Um, you know, and then mm-hmm. singlet and, uh, you know, the, and it's funny because, like, I'll have four or five group chats of just F3 guys, um, you know, going at one time. And, and it's good to always just check in and pop in. Crowdsource is a great example. That dude is just, like, a smashing machine, a running machine. And, um, you know, good to, good to see him, you know, in the mornings. And, and he's about to take a flag, I'm pretty sure, um, in a couple Fridays. So excited for him to, to take that over. Um, so it's good. Heck yeah, man. Oh, I, I love it. And I think you're spot on. I mean, I think that, you know, the shield lock is maybe not something that all guys are even aware of or that they choose to get, you know, involved in. I think it's just uh, taking the step to sort of say, hey, you know, I, you know, or just start the group chat. Right. And, you know, I think it, it can be as simple or as, you know, kind of formal or complicated as as we want or, you know, make it to be. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious, too, as you see. um you know, and, and you've been a site queue, so you maybe have some exposure to this, but from a second F perspective, how do you think we're doing like pulling new guys into the fold into some of those events or the group um, sort of chats or that sort of thing? I think we're doing a pretty good job. Um, I feel like a lot of those are going to kind of happen organically. 
um, especially with like timing is, is always a big thing, right? I mean, I think when, you know, Urkel jumped in um, and, and like him and Baby Shoes kind of being the same age and they kind of got together and, and they ended up taking the main stage flag. You know, I think a lot of times, it, and like honestly when Bayside and I took the main stage flag, um, you know, Bayside was a guy I hadn't known. Well, funny enough, I, I think we partied in Carney a few times, but I, we didn't know each other at that point um, in college. But, um, you know, just seeing him, you know, out there grinding with us, you know, day in and day out. I remember I posted the Dragon Dragon's Lair one Saturday and probably drank coffee and just BS them for like 40 minutes. And then after that, you know, they're mm-hmm. talking about me taking a flag. And, and I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have the time and, you know, responsibility to be able to be every single Wednesday. So I wanted to co-site queue. And they're like, well, who do you want to do it? You know, who, who would you nominate? And I was like, well, shoot, this Bayside guy seems like a pretty solid cat. And, uh, you know, since then, him and I have become really good friends. And so it's kind yeah. of one of those things you're to show you that, that timing piece when you get there and you, you meet guys that are, you know, maybe at the same place physically, maybe at the same place, you know, as far as their F3 journey and, and same place with, you know, kids. It's just makes it so much easier to organically grow you know a relationship like that and so it was kind of cool and, and that's i think what, what i think we do a pretty good job of is when guys kind of post mm-hmm. you know just just keeping in contact with them and then having you know having them you know meet each other almost and then then all of a sudden there's that accountability piece for them well i i like this idea of being mindful of especially with new guys when they come in you know i think for ogs or, or, or guys that have been around the block for a while you know, they're really excited and they want to share this with the new guys, right? They they know what there is to this F3 group and they want to make sure that these new guys see it. But to your point, maybe they're just not there yet, right? Maybe it's the timing isn't there. They're not ready to commit to something that, that this is. And so just being mindful of that and being respectful of that it, it is important. Um, but being there and being ready for them when they're here, hitting them with messages, letting them know they're missed, I, I think those are all great points. Um, yeah, I, I do want to talk about your time as a site queue. You know, you, you talked about, well, you know, I, I didn't have the time commitment to do it by myself. So I kind of proposed this idea of a co-queue. Talk us, talk us through the high points, the low points of, of, of actually being a site queue there. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the big thing was, is, you know, maybe myself, I also did, you know, I, when I didn't think I was going to have a time commitment, um, and, and finding someone else that again might have been in that same mindset which would you know Bayside you know he he, knew, he has to go to Chicago I think you know once every couple three weeks for work and so he was just like yeah this works out great for both of us um so again it was a timing thing there um but I, I you know I really enjoyed you know Miller South obviously being like I call it my backyard not not physically but you know and, and somewhere where you know I hold near and dear um, was fun to take over that site and to kind of help grow it and help EH a lot of guys that maybe were, were at the, the school already, or teachers, coaches, um, you know, have a good relationship with the athletic director. And so kind of like just getting a lot of, of traction there, um, you know, and the highs just being, you know, we had a whole lot of guys post, you know, Wednesdays all the time. And then, um, you know, getting the lights on, playing football and, and ultimate Frisbee some of the times was always you know, really, really a fun thing to do. Um, you know, the lows of, of, you know, not, not being there to, I laugh because it was like at the beginning you, you set aside time in your mind. Like I can't be there for these days, but then it's like, you, you totally, uh, you know, miss it. And you feel like you got that FOMO, right? It's like, Oh man, I, I'm so mad. I wasn't there today. Um, and so it, it, it's kind of funny that like, I feel like you, when you think you don't have, you know, the time commitment, but then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, well, I was at 50 of the 52, you know, beat downs. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> and so, um, I think for, for, you know, future site cues or guys that haven't queued a site yet that are like nervous, you know, it's, it's actually super, super easy. And it's, it's just a, you know, kind of a fun part of that challenge. And, and, and again, growing, growing a site, growing the group of guys around is, is also, you know, a fun part, or I should say a high to that. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, speaking of these new site queues or guys who may be thinking about becoming a site queue, any advice for those guys? Um, I would just say, you know, take the plunge. Um, again, I, I was a little bit hesitant, but I laughed because Sister Act, when he kind of, you know, reeled me in, he was like, you know, I knew I had to pass the site off, but he's like, what were you going to tell me? No. And then, you know, I was going to talk you into it anyway. So it's like, you weren't, you weren't <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> and I kind of laughed and I was like, you, you're probably right. I, you know, I wasn't not, not going to do it, but maybe I didn't really, you know, want to do it. So I feel like, you know, looking back, it, it was super enjoyable, a great experience. And, and like I said, I would just tell anyone that's not been a site or that's maybe even like pondering the idea, take the plunge, you know, rip the bandaid off get out there, you know, and hold that flag, uh, you know, high and, and, uh, you know, keep accelerating. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's great advice for guys, right? I mean, I think we can often be apprehensive. I mean, the idea seems like a, it does sound like a large time commitment, right? And then you've got to organize it. You've always got to be there. You're whatever day your, your, you know, your site is at, for me, the woodshed was on a Friday. So I knew every Friday was gone. Right. I had to be there. Um, and that, that can be intimidating for guys. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I like what you say. Just, just go for it. Um, well, I am curious, you know, with your time as a site queue, was there anything that, you know, you went in thinking was important and as you kind of went through, realized that wasn't really the main goal or you realized that something else is really the most important part about being a site queue. Yeah. I mean, I would say at the beginning there was, you know, you always had the competitive juices flowing. So it was like, Oh, you know, I want to have more numbers than top rope or danger zone or, or whatever, you know, and we want to be the premier. Hell, hell yeah, man. I, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but then on, on the you know flip side, I think what we gain is more just like, you know, all the Wednesday numbers were going up and it was like just something to be proud of for, you know, getting the new guys in or even getting those guys from um, different areas to come queue, right, or to come post. Um, and that was one thing that I, again, I thought was great, like kind of cool, like um, Canadian Bacon is a, is a great example. He's uh, post or he's posted at every site in F3 Omaha. I don't know if you guys knew that. He did it and he did it in a year. And I was like, that's, that's super awesome. Um, and then like Muffs, I think on Tuesdays, he just made a commitment. I'm going to hit every Tuesday site, you know, and did it across a few months. Um, but I, that was super cool. So I think like the, the, you know, motivation behind, Hey, let's be the best site to the, the after, um, part of, you know, the fellowship and, and Hey, we got a lot of guys out, got a lot of first timers, got a lot of guys that now are going to come out and queue main stage that didn't, you know, had never been there before the one time and so um i think just the the you know end part was not necessarily uh the same as the beginning <laughs> yeah i think that's a normal you know sort of reflection that you know as you look back you're like um like man it just it changes over time and you get just a glimpse behind the scenes of like okay what's really important you know it's like like if we had five or ten guys that came out you know, and made it through the winter, um, you know, like that's, that's super valuable and, and important as opposed to the, did we have the, the highest numbers, but it is, I think just innately, right. We all want to sort of have the, the highest numbers. The problem there is the sites with the highest numbers, then we ask you to, to starfish and then the numbers go exactly. back down. So it, it's a balance for sure. Yeah. Um, I am curious too, you know, cause w one of the things I admire about your leadership is just the, the selection of your, your successors, right? So as you and Yogi were working through the, the plan, or I'm sorry, you and Bayside were working through the plan, um, to identify, uh, successors. I mean, tell us about the process working with, uh, baby shoes and, and Urkel. Cause I think, I think that having two, two younger guys lead is a great, opportunity for them and, and great for our, our region. But what went into that process? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think at the beginning we kind of started out with who are like our, you know, main stage regulars, um, that we do see as guys that can, you know, potentially lead and really accelerate through. Um, and then, I mean, the other thing with baby shoes is he, uh, is I believe a track 
coach, possibly a cross-country coach at Miller and South still. So he's still pretty plugged into the high school, um, which is always good to have that for EH purposes as well. But also just a guy that, that's good there, familiar, enjoys it. Um, and then both of them being kind of that same the same age, they're part of kind of that hate group. So, you know, being the younger guys, I thought, you know, especially getting two of them together um, would, would, again, alleviate some of the, hey, this time commitment could be too much for me. But also on the flip side, it, it'll really kind of help sh- both guys can sharpen a little bit more. Um, not And obviously not just physically, but really – you know, uh, on the back end and, and leadership wise, because I do think there's there's a ton of you know merit to these younger guys. You know, not just not just seeing the older guys. You know, as far as leadership, but really being able to sharpen each other. Um, and so, to me, it was actually again probably a fairly easy handoff. Um, but again, there's I mean there's a lot of guys that I think we considered that I think would be good and could still be really good uh, side cues, but. Um, you know, those two guys kind of really were, were top of mind. Um, that and a lot of the other guys that I think were, you know, maybe in consideration ended up getting, you know, poached by, you know, Mission Forge and <laughs> all the other places around, Fancy Feast, you know, that, that uh, you know, ended up going that direction, which is good because it's, you know, as long as they're leading somewhere, that's, I think, the goal. Major Team Mortgage at Exarban Mortgage specializing in home purchase and refinance home loans. Their mission is to purposely empower people to experience their good life through building wealth with real estate. You know, fellas, showing up in the gloom is no different than showing up for conversation around your future of building wealth with real estate. Join the action economy and get in the game with Sasquatch. Text or call John at 402 212 0149 to schedule a time today. NMLS number 1392750 equal housing lender. For sure. No, and it, and it's so cool. I think um and Baby Shoes actually is helping us with some of our uh attendance data. So he's, you know, he's asking to take on more, right? He's like, "Hey, let me look at the data. How can I make it better?" because that's kind of aligned with his his skill set there, but well, I, I definitely, you know, appreciate your your leadership style and the way that you led uh, the site there at, at Main Stage. I'm I'm curious, you know, as as we think about sort of fitness fellowship and faith uh, on that sort of third F or faith aspect. What's been your maybe journey or or experience um, in that in that area? Yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, I was a Catholic, and and I would say through college. Uh, really non-denominational Christian would be the right bucket to maybe put me in. Um, but just always knowing that, you know, God has a plan and, you know, seeing a lot of the guys, uh, that come out. Um, and honestly, a lot of them that maybe are a little bit lost with, with their faith. Um, I, I see a lot of the COTs and the, and the prayers at the end. Um, and honestly, the prayers being answered, you know, through time is just is something that I think is such a, you know, such an under, you know, under thought about uh, piece to, to all of this. And, uh, and I think it's just good that it's not, the faith part's not necessarily something that we maybe push on to people or, or try to push one way or the other. Um, but I do, I do think there's just a, you know, you get to a point where you see the way some men live and you say, gosh, you know, there's something different about that guy, right? There's, it's just, he, he's got, you know, he's got this, this positive aura or he's, you know, he's just, he's always there. He's always excited, you know, excited. Like, you know, I want to be like that, right? What's different? Well, you know, you start to get down to it and it's like, well, the differences could be that faith piece and, you know, maybe that's what, what takes somebody, uh, you know, from, you know, doing their own thing to maybe believing. And, and it's, you know, I, I think in my journey specifically, it's just, it's been great, um, just seeing and and being a part of, um, you know, pit stops, a great example. Um, this morning we had kind of got a text in the shield lock from, uh, him that his wife, uh, so she had breast cancer, kind of beat it. 
and then it uh, kind of metastasized into a brain tumor on her brain stem that was inoperable about a year ago, and they were pretty scared. And, and you know, it was it was a super tough time. Um, you know, we kind of surrounded ourselves with, you know, surrounded him with us, and, and really lifted him up. And, and she had a PET scan a couple of days ago, and that tumor is basically gone. And so, just a you know, ton of joy and, and just you know prayers answered, and, and just one of those things where you. You look back and it's, you know, the, the faith piece has definitely worked, you know. Yeah, it's a good point, too, because we can't always plan for those things, right? So so then, like, so inevitably, I think you mentioned this earlier, right? It's just like everybody's going through something and, and eventually somebody's going to be going through something really challenging that none of us can explain. And so just being there you know, being sort of shoulder to shoulder next to another guy as he's going through, you know, something, something like that with the, you know, maybe the health of his wife or family member or what, whatever, you know, number of other things. Um, to me, it, it, like, it's not church <laughs> and it doesn't need to be, and there's no specific like religion attached to it. It's just sort of like mm-hmm. you kind of see or feel the manifestation of, of sky Q working in those relationships. So I, I think it's really cool that, we've got this space where we get to experience that. Um, pretty remarkable. Definitely. Curious, Rowdy, from your perspective, I mean, we also do a lot of third F uh, sort of stuff that's really more, you know, living third or giving back um, to the community. You know, I think of all the the number of events that, uh, you know, Escobar and, and Vandalay and Squeaky and, and those guys have been in, involved in kind of putting together. Have you had a chance to participate in any of those or what's been your uh, sort of experience in that sort of third S yeah. third F aspect? Yeah, no, I think uh, a lot of the giving back um, and, and really, uh, you know, fundraising for some of these, you know, breast cancer, I know was always a big one that we kind of, attached to with, you know, cause of pit stop and, and, and some of the stuff that they've always worked through and, and skids and, uh, you know, Escobar kind of leading the charge is always good, but it's, you know, it's one of those things too. I mean, heart on hope. I, you know, I always like watching, you know, the guys that go, you know, take, take the donations and they shop for the kids and it really brings a, a human element to what we're doing. Um, and even the, the, you know, blood donation stuff, I, I always laugh because I think one of the times someone had asked me like, you know, why aren't you going to do the, you know, give them blood? And I kind of laugh because I, I have that rare bone marrow disease. I'm like, I don't think they want my blood. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'll be the one that probably utilizes some of your guys' blood sometime down the road. Um, and so uh, kind of funny on, on, on that accord, but um, really being able to participate and, and feeling the impact in our community for, a lot of these fundraisers and stuff like that is super cool. Uh, I, I definitely enjoy it, and, and you know, I, I'll continue to, to help as much as I can. Um, and, and, and if anything, just you know, participate. And of course, you know, a lot of times they have really cool stuff uh, for sale that proceeds go to, you know, Project Pink, for example. So that's always fun. For sure. Hey, you know, I, I guess as you mentioned the the bone marrow thing. I mean, how, how is that today? Like, are, are you in the clear or are you still kind of have things going on that you're monitoring or? Yeah. So, um, the, what I have, it's called PNH paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria. Um, so it's a rare uh, bone marrow disease that the only cure is a bone marrow transplant. And so I still have it. I'll have it forever or until they come up with a better drug. Um, and so I'm on a, a, a drug infusion that I get about every eight weeks, uh, takes a couple hours and keeps me pretty normal. I should say as, as normal as I started. Um, and I've been doing that since about 2010. And so, you know, being what, 13 years in, you know, it's just kind of part of my daily life. Um, and so it's, it has its, its ups and downs. Um, there's some days where, you know, I don't get up to post if I'm getting close to having to do another infusion because I'm pretty tired or whatever. But, you know, outside of that, it doesn't really affect my, my daily life too much. Um, and again, if it helps kind of encourage and motivate, you know, others that maybe have an ailment that, uh, you know, 
that, that they think is going to hold them down. You know, I think it's good to, to just talk about it and be there and, and, and almost, you know, show them, you know, nothing is impossible with God, you know? Yeah. I love that. I, I think it's, you know, sort of the way we approach challenges and the example that we can set for other people is it goes a long way. You know, I, curious from your perspective as you think about um just maybe your life things that that you've been through i mean anything else in in that space you feel like you've maybe overcome that you'd be willing to share with with others that they could learn from from your experience yeah i mean the big thing too when i got diagnosed uh with pnh um I, i believe one of the the doctors had made a comment that, you know, I'll never be able to participate in a contact sport ever again. And that was in late 2009. And then, um, you know, I think a lot of the literature at the time was, it was dated, right? It wasn't in science and medicine have come a long way. Um, but a lot of the literature stated that, you know, when you get diagnosed in your mid twenties, you know, the, the probability that you make it to see 30 was really low. Um, I, I don't remember the percentage, but it was maybe like 10 or 15%. Uh, people would survive past 30 um, and so obviously at the beginning that was a that was a pretty nice kick to the to the pills just you know thinking you know life <laughs> at that time mortality really was uh, you know something that you got to quit taking for granted um, but then on the flip side you know it, it gave me an opportunity to to not only find myself um, but really lean on you know, lean on God, lean on those around me, um, you know, use my, you know, network and my platform, um, to, to maybe spread awareness about, you know, again, adversity people are going to get dealt with in life because it's, it's going to happen and being able to just take it, uh, you know, take it head on. Um, I think the, the thing I used to say a lot was, uh, you know, as long as you, Put your faith in God. You light a fire in your heart. You never give up. Um, it'll, it'll work out in the end. And so I guess I'm living proof that uh, it can continue to do that. And uh, like I said, hopefully it, it helps kind of encourage uh, others that maybe are going through something that they have heard from, you know, doctors or research or others that, you know, say that something is, is not possible. Man, that's inspiring to hear and, and such a great message, right? For anybody that has something that may in their mind be holding them back, but but certainly doesn't need to be a limitation. Um, I love that. Love that message. I'm curious too, and we, we don't have to go into detail if you don't want to, but I know, um, you know, in, in talking with, uh, with Yogi, you know, kind of the, the topic of your sister comes up. Um, mm-hmm. How are you doing today with, with that loss? And any support you need from, from us in that space? You know, it's, it's a struggle for sure. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it, it almost doesn't feel real still until, you know, she's not there. Um, and it's, it, there's just so much to unpack with, you know, all, all this information, all the things that, that, you know, you, you can't undo. Right. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I still feel like to this day it was, you know, a 17-year-old kid that just made a mistake. Um, and most of the time, you know, I made a lot of mistakes as a 17-year-old kid. Um, none of them were, you know, permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just feel like, you know, it, it, that, that's how it went down. And, you know, really it's just, um, you know, trying to rally and support for, you know, my, my dad and my stepmom and, and my brothers and just kind of, you know, keeping, uh, you know, her, her memory alive and, 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 again, helping others not have to go through through that. Um, but I think the, the tougher days are ahead. Um, you know, I know with the holidays and, and, and stuff like that, um, you know, we'll, we'll be leaning on, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, dad and, and stepmom a little bit more and, and just trying to support them and, and really just, you know, prayers um, is all I think that, that you know, we'll need. And, and just continuing not just to pray for, for us, but for, you know, there are a lot of other people going through the same, you know, uh, 
scenario, which again is such, you know, such a devastating and, and, and again, almost non-believable thing. Um, but also praying for those that are maybe on the edge that they don't make that permanent mistake. Um, you know, that, that will affect a lot of other people. For sure, man. I know it's, it's kind of a tender topic. So I appreciate you just sharing your, your heart with us on that. You know, I think, um, other question would just be, is there, are there any other areas maybe in life that, um, you could use, you know, encouragement or, or prayers for when we see out there in, in the gloom? No, just, I mean, I, I, I always laugh. I, I don't want to be selfish about, you know, when speaking of, of you know, praying, I always, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just the, the, the macho guy thing in me, but it's like, oh, I don't need, you know, we need to pray for everybody else. I'm, I'm, I don't need that. I'm good. Right. Um, but I would just say, you know, prayers for, uh, you know, open mindedness and, and healing for just mm-hmm. anything in, in life. Um, and, and really just, you know, praying for this next generation that, that, you know, our kids can, can kind of grow up and, and continue to be, you know, level-headed, but also not lose sight of, of what's, you know, really important in life. Um, I feel like a lot of times, especially you get to elementary and middle school and even into high school and, you know, they, I think kids a lot of times have, you know, memory spans that are short enough and they, you know, they're wrapped up about what they're wearing and what shoes they have on and what they look like and how much, you know, how much money a purse was and just stuff like that, that, you know, I think, you know, kids get caught up in that thing, just praying for this next generation to really continue to focus on what's important in life would be my ask probably. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, just want to thank you for your, you know, the conversation today, you know, I think just a glimpse into your story and, and man, you know, I just, I really appreciate your, your leadership and the impact you've had uh, on me, you know, individually, but also on, on the countless guys that I know have also benefited uh, from just being next to you. So just, you know, just want to thank you for that and, and for your story today. Uh, it's just been great to to dive a little bit deeper and get to know a little bit more about you. So appreciate you, brother. Um, Heck yeah, man. Thanks for having me. We'll do a, a little name-a-rama here to close us out, and I will uh, start us off. Uh, Brandon Fleehardy, 37, The Plague. Joe Ellenberger, 38, Rowdy. Rowdy. And do we do we say anything after your uh, after your name? Or it's just that you do kind of uh, like the I don't, I, like the I hope not. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we yell like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's thanks to Griswold. I, I I have to say I do I do enjoy that. Um, well, awesome man. It's it's been awesome having you on. So appreciate your time. Yeah, I mean I appreciate you.